Hi everyone, I'm Emma, a certified dog trainer. And I'm Kirsten, a certified dog behavior consultant. And this is Dog Chats. Join us as we chat about dog behavior, having fun with your dogs, and building relationships. We will offer practical advice and a bit of humor. Hi everyone, welcome to episode 14. Uh, this is a big one for us because it's our one-year anniversary. You know, <laughs> and we're still loving it. We're so enjoying this uh, podcast, and we hope that you are too, and joining with us every month for something new. Before we go forward and discuss uh, our topic for for this episode, we want to give a big shout out to two people in our lives uh, that make this all possible. We sound good only because of them. So the two people that are so important to us are Rod and John, um, our significant others, <laughs> who really, we looked out, uh, one who can edit and make sure that we've got everything switched on to record. Yeah, and, then, and Rod helps with the topics and the planning and the uploading and the marketing. We just looked out so much. So we want to give them a shout out. They're behind the scenes all the time, but a big part of our podcast. So it's kind of like our podiversary. You know, and I, I love this. We're coming full circle because our initial episode, we, we did the intro one, and then we jumped into traveling with our dog, doing the summer treks and camping with our dogs. And a year into it, um, we're finally starting to look beyond us at other people that we can trust with our dogs yeah. and uh, giving our dogs that wonderful experience of being with someone when we go off with our significant others. And have a vacation, which is, <laughs> which is so important. And we're happy to share with you an interview we did with a local dog sitter named Linus Downey Jr., we hope you enjoy it and it gives you some great information about what to look for when you're thinking of going out of town and you need somebody to look after your dog. Enjoy. We're welcoming Linus Downing Jr., a local pet sitter and small pack dog walker, who's going to talk to us today about his profession, the highs and lows, how we can help you all find the perfect pet sitter and dog walker. He's going to kind of share with us how he got to where he is today. He started volunteer walking dogs when he was working the restaurant business in Phoenix because he had time during the day and wanted to give back. And he fell so much in love with that that when he moved back to the Bay Area, he's one of the only actual Marin natives left in Marin County. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> he he uh, went to Marin Humane and wanted to volunteer and continue that because of his passion for dogs and wanting to help out. Um, and the story I love that he shared with us was that he was out on the trail and ran into somebody with four dogs. And he said to her, oh, are those dogs from Marin Humane? He thought, well, wow, here's a dog walker taking out four dogs at a time. And she said, no, I'm a dog walker. This is my job. And that was his <laughs> moment of, wow, this could be my job. I could make a living doing this. And he's gone on to um, have a very successful career. He's helped out a lot of other trainers and um, dog walkers. He's somebody that... I contact constantly when I have a client who's looking for support. So we're going to learn a little bit about Linus's craft and hope we answer some of your questions about the pet sitting and dog walking business. Great. Welcome. We're so happy to have you here. 
Thank you. I listen to it monthly when you put them out. Excellent. Excellent. So let's start. Let's start with like the first question. When people are looking for a dog sitter, what should they be looking for? Well, um, experience is one thing. If they uh, should get a free meet and greet with somebody before they even uh, hire them to meet the dog, to meet the people, and uh, just having some good questions to ask about their experience. Uh, have they ever worked with our type of dog? Um, where do you take the dogs or what will you be doing with them for walks or hikes? How much time will you spend with our dog? Because uh, some people have to go out for a few hours to walk other dogs during the week possibly, and they've got their own lives too, so they can get out to dinner or a movie or something like that. So dogs should be able to be left alone for a few hours. Uh, no problem. So the pet sitter can do their thing uh, as well. Otherwise, the rates go up, like when they have a puppy and you have to spend a lot more time there. But uh, when it comes down to is just the gut feeling that people have when they meet somebody. And knowing that they love animals, but that they also um, prioritize the safety of the animals. And basically, we're, we're uh, selling... Uh, peace of mind while they're out of town. So um, as long as they can relax and feel that the dog is being well taken care of and they can enjoy their vacation or outing or whatever it is. I guess that's important to us too when we look uh, for somebody to look after our dogs as well is is just can we rely on the person? How often will the person be here? Will they meet the needs of our dogs? Um, all of that, because it's a nervous thing, I can tell you, and I think uh, Kirsten can agree with me that there's the night before you leave your dog with somebody that you go into a panic as to whether you should leave or not. I don't know if you come across that with any of your clients. Can I just, to find this, I just got back from my first vacation in eight, uh, six years, like mm -hmm. true vacation, and my daughters were watching the dogs. And I was on the phone with them way too much. <laughs> so when you were saying like this whole idea of like selling the peace of mind, I wish you had been with my dogs. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people uh, use friends and family. And then after a while, they're like, you know, they're just not taking care of the dogs uh, as much as a professional would be, even though we've got to pay them. That's what they do. And they know what they're doing and uh, can respond if anything comes up. So they take it a little more seriously than just friends and family chipping in to help out. Linus, particularly, you have so much varied experience because you were my DTA, which is dog training assistant at my classes at Rainy Maine. You've walked dogs for, is it more than 12 years? You're About 12 years. Yeah, just over. But two decades worth of walking dogs at shelters. And, you know, you've mm -hmm. worked with so many different breeds. And I can think of a couple different really tricky clients that um, I had you go meet. <laughs> and what I mm -hmm. thought was that in, in one of the cases, I won't talk about the breed of the dog, but it, you went three times to those mm -hmm. people for free. And mm -hmm. you just said, it's not going to work. This, this yeah. dog is not going to feel comfortable when I'm here. And what, and do, what do you look for when you arrive at a house to do that, that sort of pre-visit before saying yes? So the meet and greet is just as much an interview for me, analyzing them and the animal as much as it is for them, looking at me. But uh, I look at the interaction between the owners and the dog and see how they treat them. 
see what the dog's routine is, uh, if they're reactive to people, maybe to other dogs. Um, if I just couldn't win them over, there aren't very many that it happens to, but uh, if they're over fearful or overly aggressive, um, that's just times it won't work. Um, if they're, because that could be overprotective of the family, of their house, and they might not get anybody in the household to take care of them. They might have to board them uh, if uh, it comes down to that with the dog having the attitude that it has. So, but I, I kept trying with that one and uh, just couldn't win them over. And uh, so we had, I had to move on and I don't know if they ever got a pet sitter yeah. or not. And it's so it's important. It's so important that, that um, the dog is comfortable and you're comfortable, you know, because they're going to be with you for a couple of days. And that's, that's so important to spend that time beforehand, making sure it's a good match. Um, is there anything like from us, from like the training perspective, that's helpful for you to have like crate training or, or just general stuff like that? Like, do you sometimes take a puppy that isn't house trained? <laughs> like stuff like that. Um, I am lucky enough. I don't take puppies, uh, any dogs under six months mm -hmm. um, because it would take too much of my time and I would have to charge too much for that. And I don't always have the time to spend with the puppies. But most of the dogs have actually been through some sort of training. So they've got some basics down. And so they've got some uh, socialization, but mostly socialization. So they're not too reactive with other dogs and they get along with other dogs because I will bring them on my group walks if I can and uh, get them out and about for the exercise off leash so they can play with other dogs. Um, so the training and specific things isn't that big of a deal, even if they're crate trained. Um, that I, that doesn't really matter. I've never had to put dogs in a crate when I've left the house. They've always kind of let them roam uh, or an area in the house and they have access to outside sometimes so they can toilet themselves. And then uh, just uh, going with their routines. And uh, like I said, the training is not the most formidable thing that I need. Um, it's really just their uh, personality and, and how they deal with people and other dogs and their owners. What's your favorite part of your day when you're working with the dogs? <laughs> My favorite part is uh, waking up to the dogs next to me if I'm pet sitting, if they allow them to sleep in the bed or they're used to sleeping in the bed. <laughs> I love that. But it's also after I take them out for a walk or an outing and we come back and everybody's safe and nothing happened, didn't have any incidents with other critters or foxtails or ticks, things like that. So that's always uh, a good thing. So I'm always relieved when we come back and it's basically happened almost every time. So I haven't had too many issues to deal with. And there is like that you're taking care of somebody else's you know, dog, you know, there, there is a great responsibility in that. So I'm sure that there are those times like when, when I have dog or uh, people look after my dogs, I actually say they don't even have to walk them because all I really want them to be is safe. I don't really mind too much if for a week they don't get out as much as they normally did. Um, you know, just cause they have little fussy things that they do that I don't want a, a dog sitter to have to deal with. Um, and I just really, you know, my thought is safety and you probably get that sometimes too, where people just say, just, just come in and take care of them. 
I don't need anything else other than that to make sure they're okay. Yeah, the um, people who know me, uh, I take the dogs out to get them socialization and exercise because I like to take them out with other dogs so they have a lot more fun. And I like to send pictures with right. them smiling and uh, looking like they're having a great time. But the one thing that uh, we as pet sitters don't like is if the uh, owners or parents um, aren't forthcoming in all the aspects of the dog. And so we have some surprises with uh, how they react uh, to other dogs or people that they haven't told us. And that's probably the hardest thing um, with the pet sitting gig uh, as with regard to the owners. Yeah. Do you send out a form? Obviously, there's things that, that are important for you to know, like the in an emergency situation, who do they contact, of, uh, you know, their vet and stuff like that. But, yeah. you know, there's there's people that will give you like the life story and people that will give you, like you said, not all the information. Um, so do you have a nice form that you send out that's going to gather as much as you can? Um, from your from your client. Yeah. Over the years, I've uh, added a few things, um, some legal documentation, which I don't really need because I have insurance for anything like that. But I have a, a form, informational form for the client and the house, uh, information for each animal, and they can write as much as they want. Most people have a supplement where they'll give me a few pages of instructions of their daily routine. Some of them have binders that go minute by minute almost of their daily activities. More information is better, so we have a reference point. Um, some people are like, here are the keys, no news is good news, and uh, send pictures if you want, and then they're off and running. But that usually doesn't happen right off the bat. That'll happen with dogs I've taken care of for years, and I know the drill, and they might leave uh, a set of instructions, uh, like give our dog the tick uh pill on this date or something like that flea and ticks and uh we've got a landscaper coming this day and a cleaner coming that day but knowing those things is is we want uh that's definitely good information we don't like to have people just show up or surprises happening while we're staying there i'm with the dog and i basically follow their routine I, I have a question because so you know that I work with a lot of dogs that um, have aggressive reactive behaviors and I have clients who say to me I want to get a pet sitter I can't imagine how somebody could come into the house if I'm not here and I'll give mm -hmm. them ideas about like maybe having a pen in front of the door or having the mm -hmm. dog kind of baby but what do you recommend what's best for you when it's a dog who's maybe unsure so I usually need them out and about uh, away from the house we'll go meet at a park or down the street we'll walk around with them so they can get to know me sniff i might take the leash um and then go from there and then get close to the house i did that a couple times with this big dog uh that was aggressive and he kind of never came actually he did let me in the house but he was such a big dog that it made me a little nervous that if he happened to turn you know there wouldn't be much i could do possibly so um uh, it's exactly. sort of a you know trial by error and and take it slow uh with some of those dogs because sometimes the owners are they know that they might not be able to have somebody stay and they might have to either have a family member that the dog already knows or board them at a facility or something like that yeah 
but that's good. So meeting them out in the street, I like that. The neutral territory, mm -hmm. low pressure. Uh, one of my favorite Linus stories is when I was thinking about adding um, training walks to my business, and you met with me, and it was great. You gave me the pep talk, and you said, "I have this job now that when I wake up on a Monday morning, I think, wow, I get to go to work. I love my job.' And every Monday morning, I think of that." Like, oh, yeah, I, I know. I tell people most people don't look forward to Mondays. I love Mondays because I haven't seen the dogs in two days. <laughs> so <laughs> I get to get up and take them out. And, you yeah. know, I can't be in a bad mood when I'm around them. So they wake me up and make me happy, just like I do for them. They make my day and I make their day. That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> So what would you, and I know I kind of mentioned this at the beginning and it, it may have answered the question, but I'm going to ask it again. So say I am somebody that, you know, is looking for a dog sitter and I go to next door, which is where you see a lot of stuff happening. And, and they say, Hey, is there a dog sitter out there? And you get a, you get 10 replies, right? And then you're assessing like who has experience and, and what else and i know you have like wonderful history of experience working with dogs for many many years well what are those questions that you think people should ask to to really so, um an idea of they have staying in their house yeah the meeting greet i have a set of questions and i actually would try to help other people out while they're looking as well uh, a few years ago i posted a document and a short video on my website of how to find a dog walker it can be used for pet sitters as well but it lists places to look and good questions to ask um, things like what's your experience uh, are you insured um, can i get some references and if the sitter box on any of those questions you know it's a red flag because i'm more than happy my clients will talk me up and love to give me rave reviews as long as I'm not taken away from being able to pet sit for them <laughs> as well. So that's the whole thing. So the cat's 22, but um, anybody who's not willing to give information or not answer or something like that, then if they don't have whatever you're asking for. It's just a red flag. Um, <clears throat> but I've listed some places to look the first place I, I list is Marine Humane because they've got a list of pet sitters and dog walkers that are only uh, employees and volunteers. Yes. Um, next door, uh, Yelp. But then I would cross-reference any of the next door if they happen to have Yelp reviews or even a website. Um, try to contact past clients if you can get references as well, definitely um, at the meet and greet and um, and definitely call them and check up on them to see how they did because that can when you're coming in blind and starting from scratch if you don't have someone to refer uh, or you're new to an area you know it's kind of tough so you've got to again go on your gut feeling when you meet somebody face to face and uh, go from there i'm circling back to just talking about linus's positivity and the fact that emma and i are somewhat anxious with our dog <laughs> Uh, and I don't I, know I, who I, you're talking about. That could be me. <laughs> I've had this conversation with so many clients, and I need, you know, I'm preaching to the clients and I, I'm not listening. I'm a hypocrite. <laughs> but one of the things that I have seen with Linus when he was my DTA in class is 
that calm confidence that you bring to the dogs, they sense that right away. And it's amazing how so much of this is about the references of that. But really, I think people watching the pet sitter with the dog says everything. And we would have someone come into class and they were sweating and they were like, I want to be in the corner. Da, da, da. And you would walk over and just, you know, calmly look down, say the right thing. And that dog would just come up and melt in your lap. And I think when people see that moment, it changes everything. Yes. And it's like, okay, hang on. My dog isn't an erotic mess, maybe just with me. Um, you know, you bring out this other side of the dogs that it's so wonderful that it's just such a gift that the owners mm -hmm. do that and then have that peaceful vacation. Well, I've had people tell me they can tell that I love the dogs, not just for the love of dogs, but I kind of bond with them and I understand them. So I will alter my uh, responses to them based on the type of dog they are. <laughs> but you also pick really good dogs, too, is the other thing. Like, that's one thing I know that when you're deciding who you're going to walk together, because we had talked about that, you're very selective. You're going to set the dog up for success. So that's what's so wonderful, too. Well, I can now, but I've taken on some um, difficult ones that were like COVID dogs that weren't socialized. And I've got one that comes with our group now. He still kind of growls at new dogs, but he gets along with the pack just fine. So he's having a blast and the owners appreciate it. So um, there have been some some differences. So I like to change those dogs and have them have a good time and be socialized because that'll just make them better. And in fact, the parents have told me that he's much better uh, out and about with them because he was very protective of them because they were around all the time. So they see the change and uh, that helps as well. I know you're in great demand. So everybody's going to hear this and go give us, give me his contact number and we'll get a hold of him. But, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. We'll, you can give them your information, but we know you're, you're booked quite a bit out. And that's the other thing I wanted to say. When, when you find yourself a good dog sitter, you've got to plan like way ahead when you're going to need them. And you can only vacation when they're available. Yeah, but sometimes it can be six months ahead. Do you, do you have that sometimes where people say, oh, I booked you for Christmas. I'm, I'm booking you now for next Christmas or, you know, something like that where they're away for a holiday or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, my document online says plan early, start early um, because uh, and I have some clients that check my availability before they make their plans. Um, but right now, now I'm basically taking reservations for next year. I'm pretty much booked up the rest of this year. And um, yeah, it's becoming more and more in the future just because after COVID, now everybody's traveling. My clients are traveling two, three times this year. So it's been very busy. Um, but like you said, when they find a good pet sitter, they can trust, they relax on their trips. I've got, I've had a couple of clients that fly me out of state when they've moved and to come down and pet sit for them. And I get a trip down to San Diego every summer uh, for the same reason. So that says a lot yeah, about you right there. Wow. It's pretty nice. Yeah. That's great. I definitely, I had some clients during COVID who had maybe their first dog since adulthood. And they would call me, and this is mean, but to laugh, but they would call me and say, hey, we're going to Europe next week. Do you have any pet sitters? <laughs> oh, man. You're like, good yeah. luck. Good luck. Yeah. 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 So is that demand, Linus, is it, do you feel like it's still that high? Because um, I know for a while I had clients, they, they couldn't find people for months. 
Well, when they're doing it last minute, I just had somebody text me uh, that knows I'm booked up, but wanted me to refer a pet sitter, and they're going somewhere on this Sunday. And I'm like, wow, you've got to start way earlier than that. Most of the pet sitters I know are going to be booked, but um, they can only, you know, the in-home pet sitters are harder to find because they can only be one place at a time. Mm -hmm. And uh, not a lot of people can do it. It's got to be pretty specific type of person. Um, no other pets, no family, uh, things like that. Uh, but I do know some pet sitters that will have a dog and that's one of their uh, clarifications is that they've got to be able to bring their dog over. So the meet and greet is not only about their setup, but about the dogs getting along as well. What would you recommend people that um, are looking at a dog sitter that brings the dog into their own home and they already have dogs already? What would you recommend clients look look for when they go into a dog sitter's home just watching their own dogs react um so for the parents you've just got to watch the other dogs and and some people may be like no i can't have anybody that has any animals because it doesn't really come up very often mm -hmm. but uh none of the pet sitters i know have their own animals so it's gotta be um yeah a barrier to getting some work but there are times uh where i've been uh i've double booked on purpose because the dogs know each other and i've taken one dog over to the other dog's place and they stay together because they've known each other they've been out on walks together and the people are fine with with that happening yeah. and uh, probably, they've met probably they've all met each other and they have yeah i have a question so clients often ask me is should i board my dog or should i get a pet sitter and sometimes I just don't know, you know, there's things I'm looking at, how sensitive the dog, how much do they like the routine, but how would you speak to that? Um, so for boarding, that's a good thing. Some dogs like, it's like camp for them. So if I'm not available with some of my clients, then they do board them and the dog comes back just fine. But when there's older dogs or younger dogs or dogs that need special care or a lot of medications, things like that, and or don't want to disrupt the fearful ones that want to disrupt their routine. That's why we pet sitters have a job, but uh, I would recommend um, boarding them if I thought that it would be better for the dog, for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I worked at a boarding kennel for five years and loved it and saw so many dogs thrive there. Um, but yet my own dogs, well, one of them was kicked out of the place I worked at. <laughs> yeah, but, but, uh, yeah I, uh, the the Four out of five of my current dogs, there's no way I could board them. They would mm -hmm. be a shutdown loss. Well, that's another thing for the owners, the parents to do is go check out the facilities for sure. Ask a lot of questions. Uh, keep an eye on the people that work there, things like that. So always do some research. You know, one of my clients found that having the pet sitter was so much easier for his dog because it was the same person every day. Mm -hmm. Where the facility was a new person like the right. chief was huge and his dog had a really hard time with that. So yeah, because there's that bond. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if it's a new person every day, they got to establish another relationship. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you, some of those online walking companies do the same thing. You don't know who's going to walk your dog yeah, on some of those. And yeah. Yeah, that's got to be hard for the dog. Yeah. Um, even the, Un even unless the their buddy, my dog, who would go with anybody at any yeah. time? Doesn't <laughs> <All matter>. right. <laughs>
Anybody who's got treats, he'll follow. Oh, he doesn't even need treats. He just would follow. <laughs> he would be like, yeah, I don't know who you are, and I haven't met you yet, so she'd be much more suspicious. Well, we've actually, what we do in that case is while they're still there, I come over and take the dog out for a walk, and then they leave. Awesome. Or they've hidden their suitcases in the garage, and the dog <laughs> doesn't know they packed up, and then we go out, come back, the dog's like, where's parents? But then after a while, since I'm there, uh, they're and stuck with it. me and they just accept it. <laughs> <Yeah>. So <laughs> can you give a just a really brief schedule of what your day would look like as a pet sitter? Uh, oh, as a pet sitter. So uh, I would just wake up with the dogs like these ones that are here. They wake up before I do. So they're moving around, wake me up. Uh, they actually want to eat first. So, again, I stick with their schedule then go outside, then I get ready during the week for my regular dog outings, and I'll have one or two. Now, I used to have three or four where I'd have a couple dogs on each one, so I'd be gone for three, four, five hours at the most. And then if I can, I would take the dogs I'm staying with on the group walks as well. Um, otherwise, when I get back, I would take them out for their exercise and maybe another one after dinner. But then I just hang out with the dogs, maybe if they like dog parks, or I'll try to set up a play date with either some of my clients' dogs, or we'll go down to some parks where I know there'll be other dogs if they're social and like play. And then, uh, you know, I'm just sort of the routine with stuff, so I'll make dinner and make dinner for them. And then we might just relax and watch TV and they'll cuddle up with me and whether or not they sleep in the bed with me is, is great but uh, they might have their own beds or sleep in a crate. But uh, I'm with them uh, more than most people with dog walks. I used to be gone longer with more walks, but now I've trimmed it down to it's one or two outings and I'm done by about noon or one o'clock each day. So I've got plenty of time, but it also allows me to do other things. Um, I can go play golf if I want to later in the afternoon once I touch base with them or go to dinner with friends or see a movie. So there's a lot of flexibility, at least. Um, and the parents knowing that up front, I explain that to them in the meetups that, you know, I have to be able to get out and about. But when I'm here with the dogs, they're like my dog. So. Well, we just need 20 more of you. I know. <laughs> And I don't mind, I've mentored a lot of people that want to get in this business and because I want trustworthy, reliable people to be able to refer. Mm -hmm. I've only got about a handful and they get booked up pretty quickly. So um, I always have somebody come walk with me and we talk shop and then they get an idea of what it's really like to be a pet sitter or dog walker. And I always suggest, even if they've owned dogs, that they go volunteer at Marine Humane to understand That's dog awesome. behavior. Yeah personalities and uh you know some some people do it some people that's kind of they didn't want to work that hard they think it's an easy peasy job and just having fun with dogs and i say it's not all rainbows and unicorns yeah. you know we pick up a lot of dog poop too so <laughs> <laughs> and it's really important to know about behavior i think that's so great if if you're mentoring people that you tell them to go get some experience and what better way to get experience and also help um, your local shelter um, with some of their dogs too. And when I first started volunteering in Phoenix, walking the dogs, I had no experience, but they let me, showed me how to leash up the dogs in the kennels and I just took them out for 
you know, half hour walks before uh, they opened and um, sat with the kitties. And I just kind of watched and learned. And then being a DTA, dog training assistant at Marine Humane, I'm learning all kinds of stuff. I feel like an intern where I'm just learning for free and it's only helping me with the job. So exactly. it's great. I could be a trainer. Uh, I've explained that uh, I've had opportunity to be a trainer, but uh, I enjoy working with the dogs more than the people because <laughs> training is mostly training the people and yeah. uh, I prefer to stay with the dogs. Yeah. You're good with both the dogs and the people. But... <laughs> I had a question to for you too. Like a lot of people now have dogs and cats or other small animals. So do you do, you do that for like if somebody has a cat or whatever hamsters or whatever do you offer that there or are you just dogs and if you do do that what do you have to evaluate with those other animals so i've taken care of just about every kind of creature except horses i've had little farms in nevada with goats and chickens and sheep uh, i've had places that had me stop by for their rabbits or even stay with their rabbits and dogs um hamsters mice rats um things like that and usually the the upkeep is pretty straightforward and pretty simple they try to make it as easy as possible so setting me up for success the sitter up for success is a is a good thing to do and the most people will try to do that because that makes them more comfortable as well um with all those different types of animals so yeah cats dogs all that stuff i've pretty much done it all because they'll explain it to me if I've never taken care of the first time I took care of hamster, you know, they'll tell me their routine and how it works and how to clean their cage and stuff. And I just follow their instruction and there you go. Now I've got experience. <laughs> there you go. Any, any other thoughts, anything else that you want to share about pet sitting? See, I was just thinking about something here. Um, setting the sitter up for success and and I was going to mention before whether boarding or a pet sitter coming in, it's whatever the parent or owner feels most comfortable with and uh, will get them to relax and enjoy their trips because that's the ultimate goal. And and the priority is, is keeping the pet safe. Now, I've come across people where their priority is cost or something other than the dog's safety, and that is not a good thing because those are the people that want everything for less money and if that's their priority just cost they're not thinking about their animals as the number one idea of what we're doing so i've just learned that that is not a good thing to have and that's not uh i won't go with people that uh are in that mindset <laughs> i i don't try to gouge people i could charge a lot more with my experience and what i've done and how well i get along with the dogs i could charge a bunch more I started $85 a night for one dog. And I know people that are just getting into the business are starting at a hundred dollars yeah. and they're getting it because that's, you know, that's, people are desperate people are, because there aren't a lot of us that can stay in the houses. Yeah. Yeah. yeah most definitely. And you, and you want to, you know, that's the, that's the thing I worry about sometimes when I see people on next door going, Oh, I'd love to do that. Or, you know, it just it kind of scares me a little bit that it's not it's not that some of them could have grown up with dogs and have dogs and be totally fine but i really think you need to do your research on on people that just say oh you know i'm not doing anything next week i can look after your dog 
It's a profession. You know, it is a profession. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And if somebody is in this business for the money, that's not the right reason to be in the business either. But people can tell that they're in it for the love of animals and their passion mm -hmm. rather than the money. So, um, you know, I did what I loved and the money just came. And I like to feel comfortable when I charge somebody that uh, they're comfortable with what they're paying and I'm comfortable with what I'm getting. So it's a win-win situation. Yeah. I never want to overcharge so they feel buyer's remorse or something like that. Well, that is, that's uh, your value. The, but when they see the, the, the dogs are happy and having fun, then sometimes we get tips. A lot of my clients, though, they, they'll bring me back something from their trips. They'll, they'll leave me leftovers or baked goods when I get to their house or a gift card for groceries. So I get a lot of that's always in other ways. Yeah, that's Christmas, end of the year gifts, things like that. So there's just a lot of different ways to appreciate us pet Good. sitters. So, you know, knowing that Linus is very full and might not be taking clients in the immediate future, uh, but you might be open to answering questions about pet sitting from some people since you are now part of the uh, Dog Chats podcast, the listening audience fan club. Um, I, I would love it. Would you share with us how people could connect with you and learn more about you and, and contact you? Mm -hmm. Well, the name of my business is Pet Sitting Professionals. You can find reviews on Yelp. Uh, my website is petsitpro.org. You can search me on the internet and you'll find me um, in Novato. So any inquiries I get or phone calls or emails, I always respond and I always want to talk to the people, even if I'm booked up, but I know I'll be booked because I want to try to pair a reference that I or a referral I may have for them with the right person. So I'll try to find out the type of dog, what they're looking for, where they're located. And so I kind of pre-screen them for the people I refer them to. And I don't do it for money. It's just the nature of the business, um, all the colleagues, we just refer business to each other. Mm -hmm. And since I'm lucky enough to be able to do this for a living, I'm pretty grateful that I'm happy to pass along uh, business to others to make them successful too. Yeah, and you mentioned you've mentored a few people, some of them I know. Um, so for our listeners out there who are thinking about getting into the profession of pet sitting, you know, they might reach out to you. I don't charge for that either. I just like to have people come along on the walks and they can hang out with the dogs. I can kind of see how they are with the animals and they can kind of get an idea of what it's really like out on the trails and things like that. And they can ask any questions. I'm happy to share all the information because like I said, we get more trustworthy and reliable pet sitters out there and uh, have more people to refer business to. Absolutely. And we need that because every day, especially in the summer, we go into a client's house and they're asking for a dog walker or a dog sitter. And, you know, there's just a few people that we recommend. That contact info in the show notes. Yeah. So you can see that uh, in the episode description. Right. Yeah. And then go to the website, like I said, and check out the little short video and the document of the places to look and good questions to ask as well. Love right. That. Well, thank you so much for spending time with us. Now, we really Absolutely. appreciate it. I'm, I'm like fascinated by this, too, because, you know, we, we do go away. <laughs> Kirsten, well, we're going to get her to go away more. I'm just going to say, now, Linus, you're making me want to go away. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, book me for next year. I would take care of your guys' dogs. Excellent. 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 And the more dogs, the better. <laughs>
Thank you again. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's great talking with you. Thanks for tuning in today and hope you'll join us for our next episode. You can reach Emma at ecdogtraining.com or on Instagram at ecdog underscore training and Kirsten at kwhappydogs.com or on Facebook at kwhappydogs. Don't forget to hit subscribe. See you next time.